buscado un mejor destino para ti, lo que viniera de ti. Welcome to the Inside the Journey podcast. This is episode 9 for Sunday, June 30th, 2013. I'm John Younger. And I'm Nelson DeWitt. And we're the team working on the documentary film Identifying Nelson Buscando a Roberto. Nelson might have a few superlatives to throw in, too. <laughs> team amazing. <laughs> Today, we've sort of flipped the script because I'm going to be interviewing Nelson. The topic is going to be living with two identities, Nelson DeWitt and Roberto Alfredo Coto Coto. Escobar. Yeah, it's a right? tricky one. There are four parts, yes. Yeah, <laughs> which I didn't know till I saw it on the wall. And it's something you've written about in the past and something that we've seen other disappeared children also dealing with. Um, so we wanted to explore more your feelings in this in our podcast. So I'll, uh, I'll just sort of turn it over and see where you start. Okay, well, I, I guess for me, I go back to uh, the blog post that I wrote uh, a while ago on Anna's Miracle, and it's called Stuck Between Worlds, Hoping I Never Have to Choose. I wrote this or published it March 23, 2011. The idea or, or the post talks about the story of how I was sitting in in Panama and my birth father asked me, are you Nelson or are Roberto? And my reply to him was both. What I talk about here is that I, in, in some ways I feel torn and stuck between these two different lives, my life here in the U.S. and the life that I've developed in Central America with my family. And at times it can be difficult because I feel like, I don't know if being forced to choose is the right wording, but it's just that, that you know, I, I can't be in both places at once, right? So I have to choose where I'm going to spend my time, you know, and, and as a result, uh, you know, the side effect of that is I'm choosing who I'm going to be around. And that has been something that has become harder for me over the years and simply because I've gotten to know these amazing people and I want to be around them and they're part of my family now and they're part of who I am and uh, choosing where I'm going to spend like the holidays, for example, is, is sometimes stressful because uh, not in a bad way, but just, you know, like I, I want to be everywhere and I can't be. And, and so um, this post was simply talking about my feelings uh, back in 2011 of, where I was at with it. And I go on to say that, like, I didn't always feel this way. I think that when, when I was first told that my birth name was, was Roberto, that I didn't really like the name and that I didn't identify with it. <laughs> yeah, and it seems a bit strange now, but that was my feeling at the time because I just, you know, it, it, it's like you're given this other identity and someone says, this is who you are. And I didn't really have ownership over it at the time. And for for people that maybe just are finding us now, you were 17 when you discovered this other identity? 16, yeah. 16. And all you had known, I mean, you grew up Nelson DeWitt from Newton, Massachusetts, 
I don't know what average is, but your average Boston kid, and then this sort of larger-than-life story was thrust upon you, right? Yeah, so I, I think that, you know, it's quite a shock, <laughs> for one thing, to be given this kind of story, and then you're wrestling with it for years. And, uh, you know, my, my mother said it very well. What was it? Episode uh, six, I think. Yes, yeah. episode six at the end, we sort of ask her, you know, what what did you, how did you deal with all this? And she says that, you know, I've realized that uh, it, it comes back. Like it, it, you think you figured something out and then it, it comes back almost rushing. And, and I sort of picture it from time to time as like a wave of emotion that just like washes over you and you just can't fight it or, or stop it you know, you're constantly wrestling with this idea of, of who am I and what should I be doing and what's important. And I, I don't know the best way to kind of get into this to like explain it. I, I have my family here and then I have my family in Central America and you're sort of faced with this, this question of now that I've been given a second chance at getting to know this other family, like, do I just turn my back on that? Like, do I just say, okay, it was nice to know you. Now I'm going to go live my life in America and not think about you guys. And conversely, am I, you know, how much time am I supposed to give to them and away from my life here in America and, you know, where that, where that balance is. Um, I don't, I don't really know. Like it, there's, there's no handbook, right. That's like, mm -hmm. this is, this is the way you're supposed to deal with this. So you're just feeling, you know, feeling your way around in the dark, trying to figure out like, how do I, how do I deal with this? Right. And you know, that's what I wrote about in, in the post, you know, and it's my birth father, like he was kind of asking me, well, when are you going to settle down? Like, where are you going to do? And, and, irony is like if I did settle down that would sort of mean that I don't get to see him as much so like he he is on one hand concerned for me as a father figure that I'm well you know that I'm taken care of and I'm well provided for and that kind of thing but on the same hand like if I just settled down and, and got a real job or whatever then I don't get to see him as much you know so it's like well what is the appropriate response in that situation the more that i deal with this i i feel like <laughs> i guess um one thing that happens is that your what is normal for you shifts right so what is normal for n most people i think is having a smallish family that is close geographically, relatively speaking, or that you see every once in a while. And that's really all you have to worry about. Like you, you have a couple brothers and sisters and uh, you have your parents and there are family things that crop up every once in a while, but that that's kind of it. And for me, I have that, but like double, you know, so it's not only my family in the U S but it's also this family in Central America. And it's like, you know, well, and they're also spread out across Central. I mean, a lot of people have spread out families, but you right. do have a couple of pretty unique challenges in that they're not just in El Salvador or Panama or Costa Rica. They're in all three. 
Yeah. Right. So geographically, we're we're spread out. Mm-hmm. And, and Florida and Massachusetts. Right. And, and and maybe maybe the other maybe the other difficult thing is, is the like the culture, right? Because it's not, you know, uh, they're they're not terribly different, but they're not the same. The things I do in Boston with my family are not the same things I do in Panama with my family, and mm-hmm. I I have to adapt to each one and sometimes it's a culture shock to go between back and forth like i i think it hits me the most when i'm in the airport like i've been in central america for two months and i've been really around other latinos i you only see americans once in a while and and you're just in that environment for a couple months and then you step into the airport of houston or newark or something and like everyone's on a cell phone and everyone's just busy running around. Like it's just, it's culture shock. And it takes a few days to just kind of transition and be like, wait, I'm I'm back in my old life with my friends. You know, I have friends that I haven't seen in a while and I have bills to pay and, you know, I have to get my car checked and, you know, all these other things that are very routine come back and, and, I don't know if I'm describing it well, but you have one life that you put on hold for a little while and then you go live this other life and then you switch. You put that other life on hold and then you come back to the to your... How much of that do you think is not just like the differences of being in Newton versus being in David, Panama or being somebody that that is specific to your family situation where you were disappeared and now you're back and there's these 15 years that they had a really hard time not knowing where you were and and now i mean that you've been together now 15 years too so or how would you describe what it is you're trying to heal or do or you know, i mean I do, think do you think that's pretty specific to this as well and yeah. it's not it's not just that your family's spread out and hard to meet and balance it's that there's a lot of emotion and and things that people are i, I don't even know the, well we're we're, we're trying to make up we're, we're trying to make up for lost time right and, well and also your your family in newton it, it, that's a hard thing for that like there's a lot that's hard for people on both sides to balance mm-hmm. right yeah in terms and, of what they need out of these relationships and what they want and what a family is and i don't know how to even put words to it but yeah I, you know, it's, it's the fact that I go down there and I meet these people that are strangers in some way. And yet you find yourself strangely connected to, and that strangers when you first met them, right? I mean, strangers, when you met, you know, it's like walking down the street and seeing your twin and never knowing that you had a twin, right? Like, Mm -hmm. cause it, there's something familiar in this, this person, but you don't really know them. And, you know, part of it is, uh, as I got to know my brother, my older brother, my older sister, my little sister, I saw so much of myself in them. You want to explore that. You want to get to know them and you become close with them. And then when you have to not give that up, but when you have to go back to this other, you know, like you're, 
your life in the U.S. and and you walk away from them and you don't see them for six months. It's 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 jarring because it's like here's someone that um, I'm just getting to know and I mm-hmm. feel you know am connecting with them on such a deep level and then I'm being taken away from them again. And I I think that they also felt similarly about my leaving. You know. When, when I left for the first time, my, my birth father, he like, you know, think he'd never let me go because he didn't know, you know, he, he didn't know when he would see me again. This was like the first time he had ever seen me in his life. And then to like, let, let go of, of your son that you haven't seen ever, you know, and, and just send him off again. Um, you know, I can only kind of imagine what that must be like for them, mm-hmm. you know. And and I think uh, the other thing which which I write about in this post is, you know, for, for him, for them, and I think for most people, there is no other life waiting that, that's put on hold. You know, like for my father, it's it, my, for my birth father in Central America, it's very much um, go to work in the family business make t-shirts, get up the next day and do it all over again. And there's not this other world that's completely different that's waiting for you. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like most people are like that. Like going back to what I said earlier, that you are, you have this smallish family or you have your life and your friends and there's not this whole other world out there that's sort of waiting for you to return and wants you to be you. And I think what, what's hard about that is uh, feeling like that I have to choose. And I think getting my friends in, well, sorry, well, I was going to say, um, the other hard thing is, is getting my friends and family to understand that, what it's like to be torn in that way to, it, it's not like I enjoy putting my my life on hold here um but i guess i i feel like i i don't really have a choice like i you know i need to like it's it's my brother and sister you know and and i'm very close to them and i can't put i can't put seeing them off you know indefinitely and just be like sorry i'm an American and I have this life, you know, and, and so it's, it's hard for, I think my friends and family sometimes to understand like that I don't want to leave them, but I feel like I have no choice sometimes and not in a bad way, but just like, I I need to be with these other people because they are part of who I am. And I think for me, a big big part of doing this film and this project was to be able to show people that to be able to show these two worlds and just that I am very conflicted at times between where, where do I fit in, you know, and it's a, am I more Roberto or am I more Nelson, you know, and where's the line and is there a line? And uh, <laughs> my, my friend Clarence, he, uh, who did the, he did this great piece uh, called Bold Edition, and he, he he did an article on the whole story, but he 
said, you're like Superman because, uh, you know, he, he compared me to Superman in the fact that Superman and Clark Kent are the same person, but their persona in these two different situations are very different, you know? Mm-hmm. And so the world views them as two different people when really they're, they're one person, you know? So what are the two different identities? Um, like if we, if we step out and think of, yeah, you know what you know, and you you're very aware of it. Um, how would somebody who's who's not as aware, how would you describe it to somebody? Someone from America, what my life is down down there. Yeah, why is it so different? Why why is that? Why is that identity feel so different to you than than Nelson? You know, I mean, I, yeah, I I knew you as Nelson, and I like I guess to some extent I always think of Nelson because I knew sure, you as a yeah. little eight year old. I'll always think of you as uh, as well. You're grown up now, so you're not always an eight year old. But I'll always think of you as somebody who grew up in the same town as me, um, who went to similar schools and had a lot of similar experiences as uh, you know somebody from Boston that lived in the suburbs and I don't know. How do I, you know, you're, yeah. what's, you're, what's the other side then, right? Yeah, I always I mean, think of you like me, you know, right. um, yeah. and, and yet somebody who grew up in Central America in the 80s um, would have experienced war and, uh, and a, a very different lifestyle and um, they, they would just have a very different perspective probably on, on life and the world than, than you and I grew up with right yeah um so i guess that's where i start yeah, yeah. so it, you know it, it is for anyone who's traveled to central america and and you were there um in 2011 as well but um it is it is different it's similar but different and and like I, to me i think of like the shops the you know the local stores are very different. Uh, they have a different feel to it and the way that people communicate and, and uh, go about things. And it sometimes can be like disorganized and it's very day to day, but like the culture it's, is in the moment, in, in the moment, but it's also, it's very warm and friendly and beautiful. Like there's such beautiful countrysides and, you know, so it's, it's this totally different experience that you, you know, the difference is that, that part of it is that um, people, when they go to Costa Rica or Panama, for the most part, they go to the very touristy parts and they're not living the life. And and what happens when I travel to these places is like, I'm not staying in hotels. I'm not staying in, you know, resorts on beaches. I'm staying with my family and I'm living, I'm taking on their lives and their struggles and you know and those I, those economies are are more developing economies and yeah very different circumstances people live under i mean a lot of your family has a, a middle class existence and is doing great but it's still there's there's a lot more extreme poverty around there's yeah. a lot more entire parts of the country that place you'll go where there's probably not much indoor plumbing right right or, or, you know, a simple thing like hot water is like, I, I never know. Um, my, my sister has moved uh, apartments several times, my older sister, Ava. 
And when I go to visit and she's in a new place, like I don't know if we're going to have like what the hot water situation is going to be. And sometimes the water doesn't work, you know, when it's not the rainy season, there's no water for some time. And it's Mm -hmm. these little things that you uh, take for granted that you realize that there's a whole other world out there that's developing. Like in Panama, the power cuts off more frequently. You know, it just, it throws you off where you're used to this. You're used to one life here in the U.S. where we have like hot water and electricity and and grocery store that's very close and, you know, everything's, I don't want to say easy, but, you know, like it's developed. It's very modern. Mm -hmm. And then you go down there and you you go over to someone's house and their chickens running around in the backyard. And, you know, I mean, I'm sure you get that in rural America here, but not in Boston, like where we grew up. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, it, it's a very different experience. And um, so, you know, the, the cultural side, I think, is one part where it's very different. And I think the other thing uh, is is just being being that person who was missing for 15 years, you know, like that. I don't know. It, it carries weight or like, you know, they, it's almost, it's bigger than you. Right. Yeah. I mean, they were missing me for years. My, older brother and older sister didn't grow up with me because I, I wasn't around. Yeah. They knew about you. They knew about me and, and they missed me. Right. They didn't know if they'd ever see you either. Right. And they didn't know if I was, if they'd ever see me. And so now, now that you found them, how do you, how do you like say to them, I'm sorry, I, you know, I, I have my own life and I can't, see you anymore you know or, or or not that i would say that but like you know how do you just go on living your life how in do you the get US? back on the, how do you get back on the plane is that maybe the best way to put it you know, yeah how, how do you get over? how do you get back on the plane when when you know your sister is going through a rough patch or or your brother's going through a rough patch or or you know you, you're having like or not even that, but you're just like, you're, you're really enjoying the time with them, you know, and like you've gotten into a routine with them. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I used to work with, uh, my father's business. So I, you know, get up in the morning, go see my brother. He'd work, he, you know, when he worked there and we developed this rapport and, and like my brother Ernesto and I would sit next to each other and communicate. You know, and, and I'm, of course we communicate, but just like, you know, we talk about things and work out problems with, with the business or whatever we are working on. And, you know, that, that becomes your, your life for two months. And then you have to get on the plane and go back to this other thing. So it's just, it, it changes like your, your life and, and the way that you live it, you know, it, it's kind of like going, I'm very, you know, you're independent here in, in the U S you're on your own. And then when you go visit them, you're like moving back with family and you have to deal with, you know, like whose turn is it to wash the dishes kind of thing. And like here it's, you know, it's me and it's, and I have to do it when I have to do it. But there it's like, you know, who's, who's going to do this thing or like, um, 
I, I, I don't even know. Like, it's hard to lump up 15 years of kind of examples, but it's just, it, it's the everyday things that you have to do to just live life that are different. And the way that they go about handling them is different. And so you have to adjust. And then um, it's not as easy as simply saying like, oh, I don't enjoy this particular experience. And so I'm just going to not go there. And I think when I was younger too, visiting my family in Central America was somewhat of an escape because not that anything was bad back home, but it was just like this school was tough sometimes and going down there just gave me a different perspective on the world. And it was nice to just get away and like, you know, experience this new thing. And I didn't, you know, I I didn't have to worry about like what my grades were in school for a month because I was visiting my family and they didn't really care, you know? (laughs) So it wasn't like, an escape from anything bad, but just it gave me a chance to experience the world and see things in a different light. And I loved it. And uh, I don't know if that kind of answers the question, but I think that it's along those lines of it's just, it's this different experience on the world and it's part of me now, or it became part of me over the years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's hard to then, you know, like you've let the genie out of the bottle, right? You can't put it back in and just ignore this other part of you or this other family, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think where I'm torn the most is is trying to figure out how do I balance those. Now we're working on the film, which means that I kind of need to be in a, a good routine and I need to and we need to be working on the film and and that means I don't travel as much. Right. So for six months, I'm kind of here in the U S and I can't see my, my family because that's a huge disruption to everything. Right. And, and it's a question of, um, you know, not do I want to see them because I want to see them, but like, is that disruption worth, you know, like, like what, what am I sacrificing to, to go see them? Here's a question for you. Yep. How has doing the film affected things? And I know it's had an effect. Like what you experienced in in the trip in 2011, and because uh, those are, I mean, there was a historic event and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of acknowledgement and people you hadn't met before and people telling you stories in the ways that they hadn't before. The film is exploring the two identities. Um, mm-hmm. Are, are there any particular points from that that you'd want to share that have been meaningful? I think it's just the um, that other people have experienced similar things. Like even even what my mom said about the film, I thought was very interesting because in in some small way she is like she's able to understand a little bit better what. I deal with on, mm-hmm. on a more regular basis. And then um, I, you know, so there, there's kind of that. And then in the film, when I'm visiting the memory wall and there are these uh, people in mourning, you're connected with them because you realize we're both there for the same reason. And you're connected with these strangers in a country that you've never, that, you don't really know in a, 
very profound ways, you know? And, and then the other thing that I think meant a lot to me personally was finding out the story of, of uh, Mama Chila when she was growing up, that her mother passed away and she grew up without a mother. And, yeah. and because of that, I think that she became the sort of matriarch for the family and that she took care of my brother and sister um, when, when our mother passed away in the war because she knew what that was like. And again, it's this renewed sense of I'm connected to this, this woman who I sort of knew, but I didn't know that, that, you know, on a close level, mm-hmm. who is my grandmother. Um, but we were kind of the same in some weird way. And she would always travel. She'd spend a lot of time, you know, up until like 86 or whatever, up until the end, she was going back and forth between Costa Rica and El Salvador, you know, spending some months in El Salvador and spending some months in, in Costa Rica. And, you know, cause her family's spread out and, mm-hmm. you know, then, then to see a bit of her in me, that was very rewarding. So I, I think that it's, it's, it's opened my eyes to the fact that I'm not the only one that feels this way. And what's very hard about being, I guess, a disappeared child is that you feel very much alone, you know, in, in your experience. And I can remember clearly when I first learned about another like disappeared child and it was, uh, I think, um, Susan who was in the Boston globe and, I remember sitting at the breakfast table and reading the article and it was like, holy crap, there's someone else out there. You know, like it's, there's, there's someone else and, and she's the same age and she was disappeared around the same time. And she's been reconnected by the same organization and I'm not alone. And I remember like searching for her and I found her, her, number where she worked and I called her and I left her a voicemail and I'm like, this is going to sound really weird, but I was separated as well. And I saw your story and, you know, I wanted to reach out to you and say hi. And like, cause it, 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 it's such a solitary experience that you're like desperate to find anyone else that that's been through this so that you can just be like, well, what do you think of this? You know? And so I think um, a lot of the experience in, in the film has been finding more people that, that share those feelings. When we were there, Pro B had brought together like 30, 40, 50 disappeared children. And yeah. One of my favorite things was to get to photograph you with everybody you interviewed. For, yeah. We just did quick little five-minute interviews with other disappeared children, but that was... Yeah, that was but, good, you know? but, you know, one of them is from from Italy and, and you're looking at him and he's Salvadoran, but he's dressed very Italian. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's this, you're looking at him and I'm thinking, God, that, that, what if that was me? Like, what if I had been adopted to Italy and there's this Italian version of me, you know, instead of an American <laughs> version of me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, there are several Guatemalan yep. people. There were Salvadoran, there were, there was an Italian several Americans and you all definitely, I mean, there was one woman who said to you, Oh, I feel like I know you, even though I don't remember. Right. 
Yeah. I think it turns out she was one of the first people that Proby found. Mm. Um, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So I, I think it's just, you know, it's incredibly hard because you feel, you, you do feel torn. And what I wrote in the, you know, the way I end the blog post is, so here I am stuck, stuck between worlds, stuck between lives, one foot in the U.S., the other foot in Central America. One day, one day I may have to choose, but I hope with all my heart that I never have to. I think for me, it's, it's really about trying to live both of these lives to the best that I can, you know, you know, spending, spending certain holidays in Central America, certain holidays here and trying to balance the two because now that I found this family and we've become so close, I don't, you know, you can't, at least for me, I can't walk away from it. So yeah. So, so I'm sort of stuck, you know, but um, I'm, I met someone recently by the name of uh, Pamela, Pamela Slim, who's a, um, uh, author and and she was talking to me about how her kids uh grew up uh, her her children are half native american half american and uh and how she said instead of viewing it as being stuck and having to choose between the two that you are both that she's teaching she's raising her children that they what they have is is both lives that make them whole you know, and I thought that, that that sentiment was, was very interesting and like, uh, you know, maybe something I will try and, you know, uh, trying to think about more because I, you know, these two halves do make are me, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, even, even though you, you and my friends in the U S don't get to see this other side, it's very much a part of who I am here and the things that I do and why the thing, you know, and why I do what I do, like work on the film and do these crazy projects, you know, like that, the reason that I do these things is because of these other experiences in, in different countries, you know, and I couldn't, I wouldn't be who I am now without those. So you can't like, you may see one side of it. it it's like a coin. You may see one side of a coin, but the other side is there, even if you're not looking at it. So, mm-hmm. is that a good place to end it? You think? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good place to end it. Is there anything else you'd add, or? No, I just, I, I guess the only other thing I would add is, is simply that, like, to all my friends and family, it is, it is extremely hard for me sometimes to, to balance it all, and it's not that. Uh, not that I don't care, not that I don't want to be there. It's just, yeah, you, you feel torn. And, and it is, it, it is kind of like that, that Superman thing where it's like, um, you know, Superman can't be dating Lois Lane when someone's blowing up the world, right? Like he, he can't like be that person that she needs because, or, or like Spider-Man or any of these superheroes right um because because you're like you know i i can't always be there for birthdays and 
um, weddings and all these other things, because there's this whole other life that uh, uh, people that care about me just as much and that I want to, that I want to be part of their lives. And so I'm constantly having to, to go back and forth and to kind of choose between the two. And so I just hope that they uh, understand that through this episode and, and through the film too, because uh, it's my life. It's my reality. Well, that's a, a good place to end it, I think. So I'll wrap out for us. Thanks for listening. Um, and thank you, Nelson, for being so honest with, with your feelings about this topic. And we'd love for people to give feedback or comments um, on our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash identifying Nelson. Also, you can sign up through, for our newsletter through a link on the website or on Facebook. And we hope you tune in next week. We're not sure what it'll be, but we're lining that up. Um, we have a couple of good ideas. So thanks so much. This is John Younger. And this is Nelson DeWitt. And Roberto Cotto. Roberto Cotto. <laughs> um, and cue the music. Para cantar a los vientos. 